0: I am so thankful and going to prison saved my life. Every single person leading up from when I was 18. So when I was 18 and turned 18 in juvie, my life went on a fucking sprint for three years of I wanted every fucking day to be like a rap video. And it was. Welcome to Dope Conversations with Dave Carroll and Friends. Despite my early life being filled with trouble, mistakes, and eventually going to prison, I've been able to open up multiple seven-figure businesses and we are reshaping the landscape of how direct mail marketing works for local businesses. In this podcast, we're gonna combine business, life challenges, triumphs, and the decisions that define us. Together, we're gonna elevate your business, enrich your personal journey, Or maybe just indulge in some genuine conversations with friends, industry giants, and other thought leaders that I want you to hear more from. Let's fill your cup and dive in. Here we go.
1: All right, welcome back to Dope Conversations with Dave Carroll and friends. And look, if you haven't listened to the first couple episodes, in the first episode, we're talking a little bit about what dope marketing is, and we're going to get into that. So just hold your horses on that. Second episode, we got into... uh, Interesting childhood. Uh, a lot of discovery as an adult. A lot of tying that back into how your decisions are made now by reflecting on your childhood. But now we're going to get kind of get into some of the ugly shit. And if this is your first time meeting Dave, like you're going to see he's real. He's authentic. My name's Rich Cardona. But Dave, you had a lot of brothers and sisters. Yep. You had a pretty interesting volatile, for lack of a better term, as you said, mm-hmm. upbringing. Yeah. A lot of confusion. A lot of not knowing what you were doing. And you gravitated towards trouble at that age. And I was the same way. And then I was like, I got to join the Marine Corps. I actually got arrested. And then they're like, you're going to the Marine Corps. I yeah. it's like, all right. So they kind of let me off. It's to a, a, yeah, a yeah, totally sure. different story. But yeah. it always leads to probably, if you're unlucky in a way, or lucky, a culmination. An event that just changes everything. So let's talk about who you were running around with, what you got involved with, and then maybe like a culminating event.
0: So what happened for me is my parents put me in this like private Catholic, military, all boys school. (laughs) I should say I'm like the opposite of a lot of that. Don't get me wrong. Faith-based, I like discipline stuff. You know, I've grown a lot since I was 14 or some shit when they put me in that school. But I remember just like getting put in that school and I'm like, how the fuck do I get out of here? And it took me three years, but I finally got kicked out of that school when I was in my freshman year. Dang. And what happened was I went to another school in the, in the city and it was like, I just saw very quickly, like they didn't really care if you went to school. There were dudes that I kind of like grew up with that went to this school yeah. and that were like, you know, just getting started in that like freshman year trouble shit, smoking oh, yeah. weed, fucking yep. around, skipping yep. class, whatever. And like, if I just get into something, i try to kind of be good at it. And so what happened was fast forward, I went in high school I went to nine different high schools, getting kicked out, fighting, getting caught with drugs at school, just fucking suspended the maximum amount of times. Like just fucking attention-seeking behavior, but taking it to that point of just like, what was your goal? And not like you knew. When I look back, just do whatever the fuck I wanted to. Like at any time, just no one could tell me shit. I always go back to like, for any of you that have like watched The Wire on HBO, <laughs> oh, yeah. remember in season four <laughs> where they try to, that guy gets the grants and they're like looking, they put the uh, him and the guy that gets the grant bunny and the kid in the room and the kid's 18 yes. and he like tries to stab him and they're like, oh, we got to back down, maybe a little <laughs> bit younger kids. Well, what happens is they get down to where, I think it's like fifth graders or are where they're like you can have influence on a child and they're like, they're they're in Baltimore, like yeah. one of the worst areas, neighborhoods, violence, all that stuff. Yeah. You got to get to a kid at a certain point and mm-hmm. like reflecting on it, I'll tie this story together as we yeah. wrap this episode, but I had a conversation with my father when I went to prison about this. And it was like, I was looking at just like, I just want to do whatever the fuck I wanted to all the time, but you couldn't tell me shit. So like it progressed very quickly to where it was like, First I was, you know, getting kicked out of schools and there was like some fighting violence stuff happening. And then I got caught with like nothing serious drug wise, but just like getting in a bunch of trouble with that shit. We ended up stealing a car before my 18th birthday, Dang. crashed the car into a light post going like 90 miles an hour. Me and my buddy Kyle ran off, like not a scratch on us. And I remember I got arrested in school two days later. They came into the Highland Park High School for that. We stole this kid's car at this party, crashed in a light post, Thought we like kind of got away with it, but like never really like, came and arrested us at school. Me and Kyle both got arrested. And I remember the police officer was putting me in the squad car in a big production, came and got me in class, the whole shit. And the police officer was putting me in the squad car. And he was just like, David, I don't know who you pray or say thank you to or whatever. I see you got a little cry, got this tattoo when I was 16, like a cross on my arm. And he's like, I see you got a cross on your arm. So I just have to say this to you. If no one said anything to you yet, David, about any of this. I see accidents every day you should be fucking dead. Dang. And you walked away from that thing without a scratch. So I don't know who you say thank you to. You hear me say a lot of my words, God, Buddha, the great pumpkin, a fucking popsicle stick, whatever. He's like, say thank you. And so it became very important to me in life through any of the trouble, drunk, high, crazy, whatever, my relationship with God. And like that day I can point it back to And So what happened was, got in trouble. I ended up going to juvie. I turned 18 in juvie. Damn. And that was my first, I remember in the state of Minnesota, you do like in juvenile, you do like a seven to 14. And that means like you're in juvie for seven to 14 days and you get like good days and bad days and get out early. So I did two seven to 14s leading up to that. And then I had to do before, the, before, before the that. Card. Yeah. Like it was in like some little trouble and shit, but it was like a joke. And then I got a 30 day sentence in juvie. And I was like, I don't know if I can do it. Like, I don't know if I can. And it was like this eye-opening experience. But reflecting on it, it didn't teach me shit because what happened was after I got out of juvie, I got pretty heavy into selling drugs. I was 18 years old in a hotel room counting a million dollars cash.
1: Real quick, hold on. Let's rewind a second. So you did juvie. You stole a car. You destroyed a car. You got arrested at school. Big publicity deal. You didn't think you could do 30 days in juvie. You turned 18 in juvie yep. and you get into drugs. Which It was just lit- a
0: catalyst. It had already like been there. It was already like fucking around. Like I had family out in California. In this time, we were like, I was a part of it. It wasn't me like the kingpin or yeah. anything. But I was part of like a group of guys bringing like hundreds of pounds back from Cali. Yeah. Hundreds of thousands, million dollars. Like Like seeing that at a very, very, very young age. Mm-hmm. And right when the stuff happened, when I got in trouble with stealing the car, like I was around that stuff but not really like a part of it, sure. like exposed to it. And then after I turned 18, it was like, it wasn't like this mental decision where was like, all right, I'm going all in on this. But like, dude, it's that street cred, like that type of shit where it was just like, I started leveling up in the amount of you know credit I had. And I was dealing with like, within a year of getting out of juvie, I was dealing with hundreds of thousands of dollars. I remember being in a hotel room, counting a million dollars before i turn yeah
1: the question i think i wanted to ask was if you didn't think you could do 30 in juvie and then all of a sudden you're scaling this business this drug business or at least your own pockets and you turned 18 why do you think you didn't think about well now if something happens it's going to be the real deal i'm going to be in real jail yeah
0: i just like didn't really care you go in thinking about like the repercussions of your actions and again, I'm not going to like blame. Did you? Em. Fuck no. No. It was like, I had gotten in so much like little trouble and shit that you're just, your skin gets thicker. It's like, <laughs> it's like taking licks in business. It's like taking licks as oh, an yeah. athlete. It's yeah. like, it's like anything else you grow to this stuff. And so like, for me, dude, like I had alluded to in a previous episode, like I've never really had a job. I've had two like kind of jobs for a couple weeks, weeks. Like this was my fucking resume. And I didn't know that that's what I was building up the whole time or that what led to me doing four years in prison. But it was like, I reflect back to what I was thinking at that time, transitioning to when I actually got in like big trouble. It just wasn't phasing me. Mm-hmm. Like it was just like kind of rolling off my back. So you are sitting there in a hotel with a million bucks. So what happened, like, let's, let's kind of pack this together. Cause yeah. I know I'm getting a little all over the place. No, so good. I turned 18 in juvie and I kind of like, I know I'm not going to college. I know I'm not like, like people are going into those phases, finishing school. I had like, just like, there was this decision where I was going to get my GED or I was going to go to one of these ALCs to actually get my diploma. So like that somehow became important to me. So I ended <laughs> up getting my diploma a little bit late, but I started getting into drugs. Like I'm doing fucking oxycotton was big back then. This was like before the opioid phase really yeah. kicked off. But like me and all my buddies, we had started like sniffing Oxy's, we're getting into like drinking Oh, you talking about partying. consumption. Oh, not, not, not so just selling, selling it. Got we're it. doing drugs yeah, yeah, yeah. with all of this. Cause you got, I mean, I reflect on that and like the pain through all this shit. I am so thankful and going to prison saved my life. Every single person leading up from when I was 18. So when I was 18 and turned 18 in juvie, my life went on a fucking sprint for three years if I wanted every fucking day to be like a rap video. And it was. Like, what we were doing, the shit we were exposed to, what we were around, like, all of it. The shit you hear about in the songs or seeing the movies, like, that was my life. Legitimate transporting operation, the money, the stuff, the losses, the girls, the drugs, the all of it. Like, that was my life, and I love that shit. Mm -hmm. Every fucking minute of it, like, I loved it. And... When you're in that phase and just like numbing yourself, I look at my core group. And again, like walking cliche here, my group of dudes that I was around, there was seven of us, four of them are dead. Two of them are in prison for their whole fucking life right now. And one of them is like on the streets, like basically like a homeless person. And then me. Why are you not any of those? Cause I went to prison. So when I turned 21, what had happened, it was three weeks before my 21st birthday. I had a house I was managing, someone kicked the door in, got us for like 130,000 in cash. Robbed. Robbed. But like no one was in there, they just broke in. I figured out who it was, two days later, went and kicked their door in, hit one of the dudes with a pistol, got stabbed four times in the house, got left there by the dudes that I'm talking, those three, couple of those seven dudes, got left there in that house to die, backed those dudes out of the house, ended up leaving, passing out in a fucking snowbank waking up handcuffed in the hospital with a collapsed lung, cracked fucking skull. When I lead up to that night and I lead up to like what got me there. And I go back to that story that I was telling about with The Wire where my father, my father came and saw me in prison. So I ended up getting sentenced to 48 months. I did 38 months, got out of the halfway house, was paying the chick to leave, got caught, had to go back and finish up my sentence. Mm got out right before I was 25. So from 21 to 25, I was in prison. And I'm not talking about some fucking boot camp, got a couple DWIs, like that type of shit. I'm talking about maximum security prison, fucking Shawshank, 100 year old prison, five tiers, the whole shit. And around the worst of the fucking worst, the Mm. murderers, the rapists, the fucking famous, like all of that shit. And I remember sitting down with my father. He came and saw me when I was in prison. He said, David, what did I do as your dad to make you think like it was an okay or a right decision or that it would even cross your fucking mind to go pick up a gun and hurt someone? I was like, dad, you didn't teach me that. I learned that from the lifestyle I was living that like, you're just not gonna take my shit. And so like, I've reflected on that conversation and thinking about as a parent, like what would I be talking to my sons about in that spot or the decisions that I make or all of it. And it's just like, I can't even fathom Like my sons being in that spot leading to their decision-making to be where I was at. But it was like, you know, Rich, I go to, we've all made decisions in our life. And a lot of people, when I tell my story, it's like, what did you do and not get caught for? What did you know? Like everyone's got their thing. For me, what truly saved my life, like I would be a fucking heroin addict right now on the streets or have already been dead or done something to get me back in prison for a longer amount of time, not sitting here today sharing with you guys, if I hadn't gotten in trouble.
1: Can you talk to me about, it's interesting to do this, but you're an entrepreneur, a successful entrepreneur. When you were succeeding in the drug game, when you
0: started your previous company and dope, were you like, I already got the chops for this? I try to not let my ego answer that question because when you hear a lot of people talk about like, oh, felons, drug dealers, those type of people, my defenses go up because a lot of the people I hear talking about like, oh, I went to prison, oh, I did this, were like in prison for like six months or they went for a DWI. And then nothing against any, like yeah. everyone's got their journey, everyone's got their story. That's <laughs> super important. I've never looked at I was a good drug dealers, so I'd be good at business. Mm. It was vice versa. You watch these things on like good. Annie, and the, the BET documentaries about like Nikki Barnes and George Lucas, like these people that like did the big drug shit. And you always hear the FBI t- agents talking about like, they could have ran a fortune 500 company. I don't think it doesn't lead with, I learned anything from drugs. I, God gave me some skills of just some things that I'm naturally good at. I chose a path yes. that I would have been, you know, people say like you would have been successful at anything. That's not necessarily true because yes. you had to make decisions to put yourself in a position to be whatever your definition of success is. Mm-hmm. For me, I think it was like I was able to identify my tenacity, my go getter attitude, my networking skills, my ability to just like work hard. Everything's hard work. There's a bunch of shitty drug dealers or shitty thieves (laughs) or (laughs) shitty whatever that would not be good running a business. It's the people that I think a lot of times you see that had some like adverse background and that figure their shit out to whatever point. And now they're like, do you think you learned that from, no man, I just fucking bang my head on the wall like everyone, I just was in a different race. I'm glad you were transparent
1: about that because some people would lead you to believe that you're uniquely qualified because of that. But all you actually realized was some of your kind of internal, maybe not core values per se, but just like some of the DNA that's inside of you, which is like, I will figure it out or I will not stop until it scales or I, like there's nothing that could stop all
0: Probably said, figuring it out, go getter mentality. Yeah. Like again, I'll take it back to like shitty drug dealers. There are dudes that'll like work on the corner all their life, (laughs) not making much money. And then there are people that are just like, excel. And I think a lot of that acceleration goes to like, networking abilities, marketing abilities. Like, dude, I used to go to the fucking strip club out of, like we used to go out of town just to go to the strip club to bump clients so you could show me where your mom lived and I'll front you $30,000 of drugs. I've never fucking met you. I promise what'll happen if you don't pay. We all know that, but like, let's go into business. It's just a different conversation. I don't think the skills that you acquire understanding that, but the ability to see like I'm starting in something but there's someone that's more successful than me right now doing it away, I'm gonna steal like an artist. I'm gonna go yes. borrow from my, my mentors, my coaches. My It's the same fucking thing in business. My mentors and coaches were just like the Asian fucking bloods that I could go get $100,000 from. It was just a different a different path, a different yeah. industry, a different thing. But I don't think that for me, any of my exposure to drug dealing, an adverse lifestyle, like any of that put me where I'm at today or got me better at it. My stepmom, my dad's third wife, who has become me and Diana are so close. Mm. Diana's like, we've had conversations where I'm like, David, what if you just went to fucking law school? And what if you went to like, did some shit like that? And it was just like, I think about it. I'm not a big guy on regrets. I don't look back on the what ifs of life. I think what we, the chances we took, the, the decisions we made to get us here are like who make us what we are. But it's like, I look at my children and I think about like the path for them. How can I identify the decisions that I was making at an age that my kids are going to be coming up to and try to get them in in a different direction to not have to need the things that I needed to make the decisions that I made.
1: (sighs) I think about that all the time. But even if you do the best job in the world, it doesn't mean they're going to do. They're still who they are.
0: Yeah. And I'm playing a numbers game. The odds are kind of against me. Like One of them (laughs) has got to be, you know what I mean? But it's like. I think that as parents, we can lay the foundation Mm -hmm. of like giving our kids the opportunity. How do you communicate with people? How do you handle relationships? How do you have self-confidence? How do you, you know, it's one thing for me to be proud of you as your dad. Mm -hmm. How are you proud of yourself? Mm -hmm. Like, what are those type of, my man Chase gave me that gem. I got to shout out my man Chase. The decisions we make growing up. Some kids grow up in a very adverse lifestyle and make the decision like, I'm gonna get straight A's. I'm gonna be the first kid in my family to go to college, to do something like that. I admire that more than some fucking drug dealer that got their life together. True, But adversity comes in many shapes, forms, stories, and paths. I think that's one of the big things that I want our listeners to get from any of these conversations is just like, you have your story, and that matters. And just because, like, I hear people say, like, man, I haven't been through what you've been through. I don't have the grit or I don't have the thing. It's like, but you have things that you've been through that you can still get this same, like, this background, this yeah, story. Like, this. Do you really want to compare each other's oh, garbage? Comparis- comparison it's- is the only truthy for joy. Yes.
1: So, look. So, we're going to get into... Actual prison next episode, and then after that, we'll get into the release, so to speak, and and what happened. But your life was saved. But like, if there's any major takeaway for the listeners here is like, if you didn't know that we're sitting here in Minneapolis at Dope Marketing and Dave had scaled businesses, you would think like story's over. Like, you wouldn't be interested at all. You would just be like, sucks for that guy. What a piece of shit. Uh, (laughs) But but in reality, this is exactly what people need to hear. And we're going to get into kind of the worst of the worst uh, next episode. Anything you want to leave listeners with at the end of this one?
0: I don't think so. There's uh, there's some fun stuff coming. We got some great
1: stories. Let's do this. Yeah.
0: Thank you for tuning in to Dope Conversations with me, Dave Carroll, and my incredible friends. From the depths of adversity to the peaks of success, we've journeyed through the intricate tapestry of business and life. Remember, every challenged face is an opportunity to redefine ourselves. As we close, reflect on the insights shared and considered how you can elevate your business and your personal journey. And until next time, keep your cup full and stay dope.